Thank you, Tim. I appreciate it. Thank you, Lisa. It's wonderful to be able to come into God's house and sing praises unto Him. Tonight we're in uh, Romans chapter 5, and I um, want to continue to hear from the book of Romans to examine uh, sin and uh, how God dealt with it. And, you know, um, we live in a world where there's a lot of religion. This whole Muslim thing, you know, that, that's a religious movement. And uh, at least well, that's, that's what they say. Well, it is religion, religion. And um, if you've ever heard one of their mullahs preach, they preach works. I've heard them. And uh, they, I heard one of them say, you know, just think you, you know, you've lived a good life and everything's just right. You're going to go to, to where they, they claim to Allah and whatever. And but right before you die, you do something and then, then, then you wind up in, in, in hell. And I thought, well, that sounds just like all these works doctrine. Yeah, I mean, it's identical. And, uh, but tonight, I want us to look at sin from God's Word. And, um, and we've got to keep in mind as we, as we um, examine this that the holiness of God. And that will, will, will really set the whole... God is so holy that only one sin brought the downfall of the entire creation. One. Not your sin, not the sin you did today, but the one sin of disobedience brought the destruction of, of a perfect world, perfect creation, and wound up with what we are. And, uh, and now, through Jesus Christ, we have spiritual life, and we have new life, and then we, we have communion with the Father because we have uh, we are, are spiritually alive again, and he's given us his Holy Spirit. He's given us his word. And if we will be obedient, if we will feast on his word, if we will pray, if we confess our sins, not hide them. Oh, that's, that's such a huge mistake for a Christian to, to be overhanging on to some secret sin. I mean, because that, that vexes the Holy Spirit. You're not going to have communion with the Father if you've got hidden sin in your life. You're done. It's not going to work. And, uh, you know, old Lot over there in Sodom, he didn't have hidden sin. He had it all over him. And, you know, the angel of the Lord went in and said, we can't destroy this city while you're here. He's a child of God. But there are Christians that walk around with hidden sin. You know, some of them you might look at and say, well, you know, you know that's not that bad. Of what. Look, you've you got to remember, God's a holy God. And uh, so we've got to be thorough in our examination of ourself and understand that sin is corrosive. Sin vexes our, our Holy, the Holy Spirit within us, and it prevents us having a good, solid relationship with the Lord. And uh, uh, in fact, you're not going to have any here over unconfessed sin, and you're, you're hanging on to it. But the thing is, the result of it is really laid out really good here in Romans 5. So let's start with the, uh, uh, Romans 5. Verse 1, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we also have access by faith into, his, into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Wow, what in the world happened to the time? Oh, no, I, okay, I'm thinking about my Sunday school lesson. I was thinking I had about 20 minutes. No, I got about 35. Okay. I looked over it and said, so i got to remember, this is Wednesday night. 
And not only so, but we glory in tribulation and knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And by the way, remember, you pray for patience, get ready for tribulation, because that's what you'll get. And, and the thing is, well, that, that tells you, remember, we're to live, and remember that one of the, the, the attributes of the Spirit is faith. One of the attributes of the Spirit is faith. So when you're in a dire, difficult, complex situation, and, and it's just, that's just where you go to God. And you, you lay this right at His feet by faith. And, uh, cause that's the whole deal. You gotta go out. Take him to, to the Lord. Cause you can. You've got this wonderful, wonderful Father that wants that. He, remember, God wants a relationship with us. He wants a relationship with you. He wants that. Now, I don't know why he does. If I was him, I'd kill me. I would. I'd just, I'd be done with you. But, God's not like that. God is, he, he wants a relationship with us because, you see, God sees the whole picture. He knows where we're going. That's we're marching to Zion. He knows that that day is going to be here one of these days, and we won't have this. And uh, so it'll be a glorious day. And he understands that we did not willingly sit in our mother's womb and choose this. We were born with it. The Bible says that. And so we were born with it, and it was not... Us, and I know God's already got it worked out, that he's got a special spot. He's going to hide Adam and, and Eve both. Because, dude, do you realize what you cost? Because it's tough. But the thing is, is uh, we have the access to the Father. We can take our problems. And he says, and patience, experience, and experience hope. Boy, that is such a wonderful scripture. See, you remember what David's reply was when he saw Goliath? You know, in, in that... The Bible says he had killed a bear and a lion with his bare hands. He had experience. So his hope was in the Lord. He said, what in the world is this? Uncircumcised Philistine challenge in the army of the Lord? This is nonsense. Because he had experience. He had hope. His hope was in the Lord. And he ran. He went over and, you know, signed up. Made one little mistake, started putting on that army, said, I don't know this menace. And he took it all back off and grabbed his slingshot, took off, picked up rocks on the way, and ran towards him. Last probably 100 yards or so, ran toward him. Because I experienced hope. And boy, I tell you, that's good. And that's the way we are to handle our situation. And, uh, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. Now, now don't pass over that. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. God loves us. Now, now think of that. A second. You know, Jack, you y'all got a little good daughter. You just love her to pieces. I mean, you. I mean, anybody try Jack with her? They come through Jack. <laughs> well, you know, because that's love. Well, you think about how intensely you love your grandchildren or your children or your spouse. Well, that love pales in comparison to the love that God's got for us. Don't think that God is some distant, omnipotent type uh, king. He is a loving, heavenly father. A father. He loves you. And I mean, more intense than you can imagine. We, don't, we, we, we can't understand that kind of love. Because if you go over in Corinthians and read the love chapter again, and again, and again, and see how God describes love. That's God's love. That's perfect love. 
And so we're to have that knowledge of that love in our heart because that experience hope and, and, and the hope makes not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for us in spite of us. For scarcely for a righteous man would one die, yet preventure for a good man some would perhaps even die. But God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You see, I mean, how could you possibly read this Bible and believe in works? I mean, it didn't make any difference what you were doing over here. He went over and died for you. Not went over and died for the people that are earning it. He went over and died for everybody. That's very plain and clear what he says. Not only loves us and all this, but he died for us. He, he, he wants to bring us back to him. And so that's exactly what he's doing. He came down here as, as Jesus Christ and took this work on to pay the price for our, the penalty for our sins, much more than being now justified by his blood. There it is. Justified, past tense, by his blood. By his blood. Not, not, not something we've done. Remember, we're sitting over here sinners. We're justified past tense by his blood. We shall be saved from the wrath through time. I mean, isn't that wonderful? This is like shouting stuff here. For when we were yet enemies, we were reconciled to God. But only God has this kind of love. When we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. By the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we now have received, again, the past tense, the atonement. Our sins are paid for. Wherefore, now, here we go. Well, then, what is the issue? What, why do we, what is the issue? What's our Baptist doctrine as opposed to the other doctrines? Why does John Wisemaker stand up and say, seem to God just like the Muslim faith? And they are. They both believe in works. Now, they talk about Jesus. I saw a bumper sticker just this, just this week. The lady had one and said, I believe that he is risen. Do you really think Satan is ignorant of the fact that, God, that Jesus Christ is risen? The devils know that. Then it said, I believe that um, he is Lord. Or you remember when Jesus came to the man there on the island, and he had all those demons in him, he'd rend himself, and he was living out in the wilderness naked, and like a wild man. And Jesus walked up on him, and those demons went and said, it's, you know, son of God, it's not our time. They knew exactly who he was. He was Lord. They called out. They knew exactly what it is. And they said, look, it's not our time. Why, why, are you, why are you? And Jesus put him in those pigs and healed that guy. So, so here you got a bumper sticker. It's talking about things that devils know. The bumper sticker should say, I believe that Jesus has paid the price for all my sins. And I have received the atonement. That's not talking about Jesus. 
That's accepting what he did for us. You can talk about him all you want to, but see, that's, I've watched them before. They walk around like this, and they talk about everything under the sun, and they mention Jesus every once in a while. Look, this is our playbook right here. I remember, you know, uh, in athletics, reading old Belichick up there at the Union Park. You know why that rascal wins every year with whatever he's got? Because he absolutely pays attention to all the details. He doesn't walk around and say, yeah, that's good enough to do this. All the details specifically to how it makes things work. Right on down to whenever. Well, that's what we do. We get in here, we take each one of these scriptures, line upon line, precept upon precept. We don't walk around and just talk about Jesus. We're going to get up in these scriptures. And we're going to obey what they say. We're going to believe what they say. And we're going to bail. We're not going to read into them. Okay, verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. Now, now this is, this is laying out sin for what it's really done, what it's all about. Remember, the world's got its idea. Oh, oh man, I went over there to old brother so-and-so, and he got beer in his, ne- in his refrigerator. He got cigarettes in his pocket. And his wife come walking in the room smoking the joint. You know? Now, I'm just kind of laying out, and this is kind of what, you know, what it could, you know, back to old, when I was growing up, if they had cigarettes in their pocket and long hair, you're going to hell. Oh, and by the way, if you're like Tom Weisenberg when he's 15 years old, if you danced, you were really going to hell. Whoa. I'm sorry if this Baptist guy's feet moved when the rock and roll hit. <laughs> and I, I mean, I, I love to go to dance, get all the girls in the circle and dance with all of them. I did. It was fun. I had a big time. I don't, I don't know what the rest of those guys are. I don't know what their problem was. But I, I went over and had fun. I, man, I'd be compl- my shirt would be completely sweated out and I got through. But I just loved I did. But, you know, I, I, then I had to go to church with those people that knew how to dance. And, oh, my goodness. I mean, they had counsels on how not to be like him. You know, they just, well, I know what they did. They spent hours trying to... Ki- Get something on me. And I was like, no, I behave myself because I had a mother and dad. Did. You had to behave yourself. But, Lord, you just had fun. You're okay. But the thing is, is, see, none of that kind of nonsense. You know, oh, we're talking about somebody dancing, somebody with a mustache, somebody with long hair. How ridiculous all that kind of stuff sounds. They're going to go to hell. Really? But none of that has anything whatsoever to do with whether a person goes to hell or not. It has everything to do with what you think of Jesus Christ as far as his atonement work. Do you accept it? Because, look, when it comes to sin, all it takes is one. And here it is. Let's look at it. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men that have, and for all, for that all have sinned. You see, once that sin entered into the world, it made sin of that all of us. We're done. But we're not only sinners, we're also dead. Dead. So Jesus looked at Nicodemus and said, you must be born again. He said a word Nicodemus about what he'd been doing. 
Now, you're not going to tell me that Pharisee had just been living a godly life all his life. He was a Pharisee. He, he, Jesus said, you skunks, you steal widows' houses. That's what they did. I mean, they, they were awful people. I mean, Jesus looked him right straight and I said, you've got to be born again. He didn't say anything about all that stuff. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there's no law. Now, look at this. You know, from Adam to Moses, there was no law. I think it was like 400 years. No law, so there's no sin. But look. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is a figure of him that was to come. So there you are. You see, there wasn't even even sin, but yet they were still dead. See, if they did not accept the atonement work of the, of the Son of God. If they're not over-sacrificing those animals, and those animals as, as, a, as, as a substitute for Jesus Christ, the blood of Christ, well, they're going to hell. And, and they've got zero sins. None. They're dead. They're going to bust hell wide open. They got, remember, there's sins in that church to their count because they, they don't have any. Because the law is not there. But yet death reigns. You see, Satan loves to get people all wrapped around the axle about sin. Now, I, I told you, what sin is a terrible, corrosive thing in our lives. But we need to put sin where it belongs. It gets in between us and our relationship with the Father. But it's not going to change the fact whether we're going to heaven or not. What you think of Jesus Christ and his atonement work on the cross... That's what makes a difference about where you go to heaven. All the sins of mankind were put on him on the cross. And they were they're totally paid for. To say that we could do something to add to that atonement work of Jesus on the cross is an insult to Jesus Christ. I mean, God put his son on the cross. And look, when Jesus was praying in that garden, I'm convinced... It was not that beating he was about to receive and that crucifixion he was about to receive when he said, Lord, I pray that this terrible cup could pass from me. And God said, no. Because you know what the cup was? He was about to have all the sins of humanity laid upon him. The Son of God, the Holy Son of God, who never knew these sin. Now you think some of the Filthy, rotten sins that people commit that are just twisted and upside down and unbelievable. And they live in it and they wallow in it. All of that sin was laid upon Jesus, who never knew sin. That, and he had to drink all the dregs of that sin cup. And he did. So I tell you what, my, in my mind, it's a dangerous thing to say that you can add to that work. That was a tough one for him. Now, but not as offense, so also as a free gift. For if through the offense of one, many be dead, much more, much more. And you know, it's just interesting to see how God talks. It's just so, I mean, you know, all right, everybody's dead because of that one sin. 
of dis- they, they took of the tree of knowledge, good and evil, and everybody's dead. But he comes along and he says, but much more is grace. Now, it's, 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 it seems to me like we got dead real easy. <laughs> we were born that way. But he's saying here, but if through the offense of one meaning be dead, much more the grace of God. What is grace? Grace is when God gives us what we don't deserve. Remember that. Remember that word grace is sat there, not mercy. You can put mercy there and kind of seem like it's all right. But God's careful with his words. He's perfect. He never misses a beat on his truth. He put grace there. We don't deserve what he gave us. Do you remember that? That's what grace is. He was on that cross for a whole rotten world that didn't deserve anything but death. Much more, the grace of God and the gift. Boy, there's that word again. By grace. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> don't you just love the Bible? I, I mean, you know, I got up in the Bible and you just start reading and say, oh, my goodness. I remember when I first started, you know, really getting up and reading it as a young adult, and I I went, I knew it. I remember my father-in-law used to talk about his dad, told him he was going to get hurt playing football. And uh, sure enough, he got hurt. He he said, he come home, and he said, I knowed it, I knowed it, I knowed that it was going to happen. Well, when I started reading up in here, and I told you about that dancing stuff, I started thinking, I knowed it, I knowed it, I was right. I knew I wasn't going to hell. Now, I might say, you know, it's appropriate for us to go out and, and get these old beard joints and all that kind of No, that's totally inappropriate. But don't put people in hell over their conduct. It just doesn't work. You need to put somebody in hell based on what their heart thinks about the blood work, the atonement work of Jesus Christ. Because remember, all those sins have been laid on him. Now, by grace, which is by the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. Wow. You're talking about a rich scripture. A rich scripture. Hath abounded unto many. And that grace is much more than, than the dead part. I really think, you know, because I tell you what. Jesus, the Lord says in his word, you are not your own, you're bought with a price. What? Know you not that you're not your own, you're bought with a price? Well, what is that scripture saying? To me it's saying that there are people that go out here and start conducting Christians, conducting themselves as if they're not Christians. And God says in his word, don't you realize you're bought with a price, you're not your own, you can't do that. You're not going to do that. And I tell you what, it is a dangerous thing for a Christian to get out here and just live for the world. You know, Alan and I was riding the back together, was coming back from our granddaughter's golf tournament in uh, uh, in Austin for a state tournament. And thank God, what a blessing it is. She was she was placed third in a state tournament, and they they were competing with. Schools that had twice the amount of students that they did. And she, they, her and her team made third in the state. So anyway, we're driving along there, and, and on my phone, I got a bunch of those gospel hymns that old Elvis Presley sang. 
And if you don't know it, but after every one of his concerts, he'd stay up all night singing gospel in the, back in the rooms. Why'd he do that? Well, I think very possible because he liked to do that. Well, why'd he like to do that? Well, you can draw your own conclusions from that. He also died when he was 42 years old. So, maybe God took him home, maybe he didn't. I don't know. But I know one thing. Uh, I know, uh, does, what is that guy's Nick Jagger, Jagger, does he sing gospel songs after everyone of his concerts? I don't think so. None of the other ones do. And they're all still alive. Old Jagger, his face looked like he done wore out two bodies. You know. <laughs> it does. You look at him. Look like, man, he, he wore out one, got another. That, wore, uh, that, that dude's rough looking. <laughs> so, but the thing is, uh, it is serious matter with God how we live. So he says, and now, not only as it was by one that sinned. Now look at this. What Adam did, that one sinned, so is a gift, for the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. Wow. <laughs> covers all these offenses. The free gift is. It's covered. I mean, God covered it. For if by one man's offense... Death reigned by one. Much more, they which receive abundance of, there's that word grace again, giving us what we don't deserve, which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. You see, that's why the song of the redeemed is going to be, worthy is the Lamb who's died and who's risen. The song of the well, we're going to be so glad. We're going to get up here. We're going to have these glorified bodies. We're going to be joint heirs. We're not going to just be heirs. We're joint heirs with the Son. And we're going to look at our bodies. We're going to, man, we're not going to hurt no more. And we're going to, my goodness, old Sue going to look like a beauty queen over there. Popping around there about 25 years old. Six foot tall, thin as a rail. Singing beautiful voices. And you know what? And I'm not going to, I'm going to have full head of hair. And I'm going to be the same height, six foot. And I'm going to run nine flat floors. And every time I get in the batter's box, I'm home run, run. And just, boy, Lord, have mercy. Let me get over to the Redeemer. And let me praise the Lord. We don't have sin no more. And I love everybody. And nobody bugs me no more. I can drive down the road, slow drive, get in front of it. Hey, man, you need to slow that. <laughs> but, you know, we're broken creatures. I mean, but, you know, I say that facetiously, but we do. It's so easy for us to just get all fouled up over nothing. It's because we're broken. Boy, that day's coming, though. Man, that day's coming. When that free gift is going to free us. So we got it in here. It's like Brother Stone says, the best is yet to come. But why? Because of what we're doing? No, because of what Jesus already done. And it's so plain in God's Word. And it, it's just, a, it's just a, a, a rotten shame that it's not preached from the just... Oh, Television wide open in this country, but it's not. It's like it's hidden. And it shouldn't be hidden. For by one man's fence, death reigned by one. In other words, what is the issue between God and man? Man's dead. His sin killed him. And he's estranged from God. 
He can't do anything. What is a dead person? He can't do anything. That's why Jesus came down here. See, Jesus came down here. He's spiritually alive. You bet he was. He was alive. He's powerful. He went over and took on that death and that grave and that hell, and he defeated it. Remember that. He defeated it. That's what the atonement did. It took on death, hell, and the grave. You go to Corinthians, that's exactly what he says. Remember the moonwalk deal? I did that so I got a little iconic picture. He just, now, I love that. Now, grave, now, what are you going to do now? Slick? I didn't beat you. I love that. That's what he's talking about. I have defeated death. You see, the issue between us, between God and man, is death. Look, sin is like the stench that comes off a dead body. You get rid of that stench, that cat's still dead. See, that's what religious people do. They go after stench. Jesus came down and went after that death. He came down here and went, and went for the, the heart of the problem, the death. And he gives life in place of death. So we just got through saying, verse 17, let's go that one more time. For by one man's offense, death reigned by one. Much more, they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life. By one, Jesus Christ. Not by many, not by you, but by what Jesus did. That's why we sing praises to him. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. You see, you wouldn't condemn because you had long hair, because you danced, or you're smoking a joint in front of the preacher while he's trying to talk to you about Christ. You're condemned already. So John, John chapter 3 says, they're already condemned. What are you talking about? He's smoking this. Well, of course he is. He's dead. I mean, what is dead? What is something dead do? It stinks. Well, what does dead people do? They sin. That's, all, that's what you expect. What they need is life. Don't talk to them about those sins. Talk to them about Jesus Christ. You want those sins go away? You, you get them knowledge of, of the Son of God and the, the atonement. And then, boy, and then the next thing you know, they begin to say, well, wait a minute here. Well, I can accept Christ and I got hope. You know, they come over and they want me to do this, they want me to do that. You come in and you tell them just like what Jesus did. You must be born again. I defy you find where Jesus went in. And the only place he went after those sinners, you got that whip after those clowns, and they're making merchandise of God's people. But Nicodemus, he was just as rotten as he could be. And Jesus told him straight court he had to be born again. He didn't say a word to him about what he'd been doing. Because he knows once you got life, then that other stuff's going to start falling off. Just like when you get a shot of antibiotics. Well, the first thing you know, your fever goes down, you start getting healed. Well, that's what the blood of Christ does. It immediately heals and gives life in place of death. Now you got life where death reigned. Okay. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came on men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men in the justification of life. Verse 19. For it's by one man's, one man's disobedience, not yours, one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. What a profound statement from God's Word. One man, one, remember I told us, we're talking about the holiness of God, all it took is reach out for that tree of life. 
Tree of knowledge, not life. Tree of knowledge. One, one disobedience and the holiness of God is so holy, everybody dies. See, you say, well, that's kind of tough. Well, we don't realize what holiness is. We're so rotten and so, we're such a rotten mess down here based on what Satan has put on us. We don't understand the holiness of God. That's the reason we ought to be careful that we confess all our sins to the Lord. Because He's holy. And He deserves our humility. He deserves our self-examination. He deserves our constant going to Him and forgive me. And forgive me. And forgive me. And Lord, help me. Just like the scripture says, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Those are genuine uh, scriptural prayers that have a solid place in our life. For a reason. Because we're broken, rotten sinners. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might have been. Well, I be. Now, he said, all right, let me tell you about this law thing as he's finishing up here. It's not you going to be keeping it. You know what what the law is about? So that you know you're a sinner. That's, That's what it's all about. You can't keep the law. You know who kept it? Jesus did. Only person that ever did. He was perfect. But the law was not given for you or me to keep. It was given for you to look at it and go, Oh, Lord, have mercy upon me, a sinner. It is to bring you to your knees and realize there's not a thing you can do to save yourself. That you, we are in trouble without Jesus Christ. We're in big time trouble. In fact, we're done. Without Jesus. But boy, praise be to God. Because He is who He is. And He did what He did for us. The free gift through grace. There is no trouble. There's just, mer- there's, there's just grace and mercy. And He paid it all. Just like that song said. Jesus paid it all. He did. For over the law entered that the offense might have been. In other words, so you really, really understand just how rotten you really are. So I really, really understand how rotten I am. But where sin abounded, look here, grace did much more abound. Now, I want, you know, I'm, I'm almost afraid to, to expand upon that because sin's all over us. I mean, I don't have to do much of anything and that's sin. Because whatsoever is not of faith is sin. I sin all the time. Worry, that's sin. Anxiety, that's sin. Who do we worry about? God's on our side. So what's not a faith is sin. That's how easy it is to sin. But yet he says grace does much more abound. Well, that means it's, it's more easier to have grace. It's more available than this. I, I don't... You know, I, I'm astonished at these scriptures. I really am. You know, when I begin to learn these, I, I, this is unbelievable. This is, this is in the Bible. Now, we don't have time tonight. And Brother Stone will be back next week, so I don't get to go to Road 7. But it's even more unbelievable over there. But either way, 
Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Now, that as a sin hath reigned unto death, that one sin, remember, it's one sin, not, not sin plural, one sin, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life. Wow. Now, even so, and there's that word grace again. He said grace, 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 grace. I've given you what you don't deserve. I've given you what you don't deserve. I've given you what you don't deserve. It's all about grace. I believe that through the grace of God, I have received the atonement through Jesus, the blood of Jesus Christ. That's exactly what the Scripture says. Through the grace of God, I have received the atonement of the, through the blood of Jesus Christ, and I have life eternal. Because look what it says. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness. Now, don't, get you, don't, don't you get twisted around that. That ain't your righteousness. That's Jesus Christ's righteousness. And we'll just look at that just a second. Unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. By Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, go to Romans 4. Just a second, just so you don't get mixed up on that deal. Romans chapter 4, verse 5. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. His faith of what? Jesus Christ. That's where you get righteousness. That's the only place. Not through Jesus was the only one that could perfect righteousness. Well, I'll tell you what. How could you not love the Bible? You know, the, it, it is just such a rich, wonderful, you just want to take it, put it on like a garment. I mean, it's awesome. Because it, it's the truth. Boy, just like it says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We're not going to have some uh, religious do-gooder come waltzing in here telling us we're going to hell because we're not like him. You know what? We're going to heaven because we love Jesus Christ and what he did for us at the cross. He came out of that grave, and he was victorious. And, boy, we got confidence in what he did. We know he loves us. And you know what? We're looking forward to the day. When we get to not only say praises unto him, but we get to look at right now and say, thank you. Thank you for what you did for me. What a day that's going to be when you get to make eye contact with your Savior and say, thank you. Well, closing tonight, let us be careful on a daily basis that we say thank you and we tell him we love him. And you can't love Jesus Christ. There's something bad wrong with you. But man, he saved a whole world. He has made a salvation that's available to the whole world. Because he took all their sins on him. He wasn't selective. Unfortunately for the whole world, most of them have turned him down. Most of them think they don't need him. Most of them think they just kind of need, kind of kind of like act like him. And next thing you know, and get in the baptism pool. And get in here and have giving contests between you. You ever been to one of those deals where if brother so and so gives five hundred, I'll give a thousand. And they're showing off about the money and all that kind of stuff and thinking there's some big hot shot Christian and all that that kind of stuff goes on. I saw it go on in Humble. 
That stuff is wrong. The Bible says don't let the one on your right or the one on your left know what you give. You give your alms to the Lord in secret. And the Lord who seeth in secret will reward you openly. Well, it is good to be in God's house. It's good to study his word. And boy, what a gift. What a treasure the word of God is, isn't it? It's just wonderful. Well, I hope that uh, you find this beneficial and encouraging. Because we can have hope in such a loving, powerful uh, Savior. And uh, uh, <clears throat> hope is his. Hope, uh, the O is op- operating. P is principles. And E is everlasting. Yeah. Everlasting principles. And, and But the principles that, that he saved us. He saved us. we got hope in him. Hope in him. And uh, we don't have to be reticent about it. We can be bold. You want, to be, you want to go to heaven? Let me tell you who's got the antidote for your sins. I'm not going to sit and tell you you've got to quit doing it. I'm going to tell you who's got the antidote for the sin. Jesus Christ. He paid that price. And, you know, it's going to be a sad day indeed when the whole world that's outside of Jesus Christ is going to stand before that great white throne and they're going to realize that they are already condemned. And all that's left is they're about to be sentenced to an everlasting damnation based upon their level of wickedness. There's there's levels of degrees of, of hell. And they're going to be sentenced into a very dark place that's a bottomless pit where the worm is eating them and burning them and they're regenerating as fast as they're being eaten and burned and they're by themselves and they're constantly falling. It's a bottomless pit. And they're not going to hear anybody. They're going to be by themselves. I mean, you look out in outer space. That's a vacuum out there. God's got plenty of room to put hell. It's coming. It's coming, my friend. That's a terrible place. And we need to warn people that you care about, you need to warn them. Hell's a horrible place. It's a real place. I saw a bumper sticker today. It said, smile. Hell's not real. And I thought, yeah, right. I'm sorry, but I did something I probably shouldn't have done. He wanted over, and I just I wouldn't let him over. <laughs> I took a smile off his face. <laughs> yeah, he looked at me. He wasn't smiling either. I just looked back at him. I could almost see if he was smiling. He wasn't. I started, and of course, I, I, you, know, I, you don't want to roll down your window. How come you're not smiling there, dude? He actually had a bumper sticker. I, I saw that said smile. had two smiley faces. I was trying to read it. I said, oh, my goodness. Hell's not real. Yeah, right. You can forget about me letting you over. So, I know, I know that was wrong. I probably shouldn't have done that, but... <clears throat> Took that smile off his face. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you, Keith. Lord knows I need it because, I mean, it, it's a good thing I wasn't your size, Keith. I'd probably been in prison by now. Because God put a type A personality in this little body, and, and I had to, I had to be able. Well, you saw it down there one night, and that woman wouldn't get out of the way. It took me about. <laughs> Took me about three seconds to jump out of that car. Get yourself out of the way. She wouldn't let me in the I, I, I stopped in the middle of the street. I couldn't get out of a 40 foot trailer behind me. She's sitting there trying to pull into a Dairy Queen parking lot. 
Anyway, anyway. Well, you got stupid all the way across there. <laughs> I can't back up. Where am I going? All right, let's stand and have a word of prayer and be dismissed. And Brother Skiro, would you dismiss us? Prayer.